Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Notice time on the Ben Jarowski Show as I speak. It is Friday, July 16th, 2021. I know a lot of you are tuned in to hear me talk about politics, hear me talk about state politics, city politics, hear me rant and rave about MAGA, but we're not doing that today necessarily. Nope. I'm talking basketball. Everybody knows I'm an obsessive NBA fan. I slipped that in every now and then, and I decided to dedicate a whole show to it with three equally obsessive NBA fans from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds. They bring their biases, their love for basketball to this show. So we're going to talk about the uh, NBA finals, which I am so excited about, folks. This is a little embarrassed to admit. Uh, Dan, our guest, is going to smile when he hears this. I was so excited by game four, which just went down what was it? Today is, uh, that would have been Wednesday. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep, ladies and gentlemen. I was so excited. That was such an intense, incredible game. I thought I was watching Ali Frazier in 1971. That's how it felt. And when it was all over, how could you go to sleep, man? So that's why I'm an intense uh, basketball fan, and I got three uh, basketball junkies with me. Uh, I'm going to start with the man we call the bookie. Please introduce yourself. Mr. Bookie. No, I'm not an evil Marvel uh, villain. I'm actually just a real human being who got labeled the bookie. Um, just an unemployed guy who loves basketball and uh, immerses himself into data and analytics and happens to win or lose a lot of money on every game. Yes, his name is Benji. Uh, Benji the bookie, we call him. He's in my bowling league. He's insanely good gambler. And the couple times I uh, joined him in gambling, I lost. I won't do it again. Uh, second guest that will name Michael. Introduce yourself. Yeah, this is uh, Mike Malk with uh, We Travel Food. And I am uh, not a gambler, but uh, I might take a couple bets today, depending on the topic. <laughs> All right. Well, then listen to what Benji has to say. And a uh, third guest that we call Dan. Introduce yourself. Um, Dan Mihalopoulos. I'm an investigative reporter at WBZ Chicago Public Media. And uh, this story once on my fellow Greek, uh, Yanis Adetokounmpo, big fan, 
of his and of the Bucks. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't gamble actually, although I am Greek. Uh, it's one of those things. Like if you're Greek, you can you can joke about Greeks gambling. Uh, but uh, I, I just am not into it. Um, I'm just afraid if I get into it, I'll be too into it. Maybe. Well, that's my fear as well, Dan, and that's why I try to stay away from Benji uh, uh, bowling. I, I'm sort of a reform gambler. I get a, I start chasing the bet, which is a really bad thing to do. <laughs> Benji stays really cool and calm. The bets that he makes are like over-under bets. There's second-half bets, first-half bets, fourth-quarter bets. You can do any kind of bet you want, uh, and uh, I will start start trying to protect myself, and I'll lose a lot of money. All right. Uh, when this show airs it'll be monday morning and right now as i speak it's friday afternoon it's 2-2 there's a game tomorrow so you have to think about what the audience will be thinking about when they hear this um monday morning so we'll start uh with you dan and uh since you're the most uh fanatical bucks fan among, i think you're probably the only actual legitimate bucks fan i'm rooting for the bucks right now only because my son-in-law comes from milwaukee so i have no choice but to root for them uh dan We'll go down the line. It's 2-2 now. When uh, when folks listen to this on Monday, what will the score in games be? It'll be 3-2 bucks, and like the, the fans are chanting uh, Pfizer for him, they'll be angling for bucks in, in six, I think. Uh, now that Giannis clearly is 100%, could probably put in close to 48 minutes. Uh, I really don't think they, they, can, they can stop him. I'm not sure what slowed him down. In the last game, uh, but I think uh, with a little bit of help from his friends, maybe his longtime teammate Chris Middleton. You know, everybody talks about how they went from being a 15-win team together to uh, being on the cusp now of being NBA champions. Uh, I think uh, I think this is their year, and I, I think this is going to be another comeback for them, like they had against uh, Brooklyn. Michael, your prediction? I'm going to go three-two Suns. Uh, I just, uh, you know, at least I'm going to put some good, good vibes out there for Chris Paul. He hasn't done the best over the last couple of games, but I'm going to just attribute that to the, uh, home, uh, team advantage of him playing, uh, or I should say for the Bucks of him playing, uh, away in their stadium. You know, the crowd has not been friendly, you know, the, the crowd and, and Phoenix really gave Giannis, uh, a lot of grief, especially at the, at the free throw line. So I think it's a little bit pay, uh, payback. I see uh, it looks like they're rattled a little bit. Hasn't really been himself, but I'm hoping that this is going to be a uh, Chris Paul year. Benji, what will the score be on Friday on Monday? Uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, uh, typically in the you know game five is almost like a game seven. The winner usually wins the series. Um, so it's while not exactly as critical as a game seven, it's super critical. And in these situations where people are tired, the pressure gets mounting, the scores tend to drop quite a bit. So I would lean towards the under, first of all. I'm going to say like 102.98 bucks. Um, I think it'll be a tough, tough game. This has been just a crazy series to me. Uh, like one of the weirdest NBA finals I can remember. I think partially because of everybody's tired and banged up after a you know, condensed season. Um, the, there's hardly any bench in the, either team anymore. So you're relying on some just random guys like PJ Tucker to make threes or, you know, 
other guys that, you know, it's hit or miss, right? Every game is like a hit or miss, it seems like. And I think the Bucks are the better team. Uh, I think they've figured some stuff out. And if they just play smart, they should win. Now, they don't always play smart. The first half of the last game was a perfect example. They clearly had a massive advantage inside. They figured that out. And then they just didn't even try to go there because Giannis was, I don't know, had to pee for the entire first half. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> didn't even look like he wanted to touch the ball. Um, but one of the greatest stats I just saw was on ESPN last night. Um, and, and they were saying what the record, this is since 2000, the best records in the playoffs from games four to seven and Milwaukee this year has, you know, individual games, individual individual teams, individual years. Milwaukee has the third best winning percentage of any team since 2000 in from games four on. And every one of the top five have won the, cha- have won the championship. Now, of course, if they lose two of these games, they won't be in that top five. But if they continue at that pace... Um, and what it shows is that they figure out teams and then they become almost impossible to beat. And I think that's kind of, I'm not saying they're impossible to beat right now, but they have the clear advantage. So I think Bucks and six. I don't think the Milwaukee Bucks would even be here with, if, if not for the fact that Kyrie Irving went down. I, I don't think there's. I don't. I, I have no doubt in my you have mind. To expect that Kyrie Irving will always go down. Okay. Well, okay. So you have to factor that in. <laughs> uh, but this is why it's so unpredictable. Uh, because I, I there's asked. I don't. First of all, the Phoenix Suns wouldn't be here if AD Anthony Davis uh, hadn't hurt his leg in round one. I think the Lakers would have failed. I don't believe the Bucks would be here uh, had uh, Kyrie Irving not gone down. And there's something about the Milwaukee Bucks and the way they play the game, particularly in this playoff series. I don't believe they're capable of going into Phoenix in game five and winning. I believe they're totally capable of coming home to Milwaukee, prevailing to tie at 3-3. But I just don't think with the way their mindset works they're capable of going into uh, Phoenix and winning. So I think it'll, when folks listen, it'll be 3-2 uh, Phoenix, and everybody will be writing off the Bucks, which I think would be foolish. So, Dan, your response to one, my statement that the Bucks wouldn't be here if Irving hadn't got injured, and two, I don't think they can win Saturday in Phoenix. Go. Uh, I think either one – well, let's, let's take the second one first. Um I think that either one of the teams has shown already in the series that they, although they, they've held serve, you know, and, and won at home, I think there have been, been chances for both teams to clearly win games away from home, particularly if Giannis uh, had been fully healthy from the start um, and the part of the Bucks. But I, I think, you know, clearly the Suns uh, led for the vast majority of the game until the last couple minutes of uh, game four in Milwaukee. So, I, I don't. I don't think that that uh, Milwaukee is incapable of winning in Phoenix. Although I, I think it's difficult. Um, but Phoenix is a great record on the road too, so I, I wouldn't uh, write them off um, either if they if they lose the next game at home. Uh, so I, I think it's very well matched. Um, you know, as far as uh, Kyrie Irving and you know, there've been a jillion injuries in the NBA, including Giannis's. 
when that series was far from over. And uh, so I think every team has to deal with injuries. And uh, the the Brooklyn Nets were set up in a way to, you know, there have been, been a lot of good stories. They were kind of jinxed by that big piece in the New York Times Sunday magazine about how they're basically unbeatable because then they, they came apart, um, both, you know, with the injuries and just on the court, uh, who, who was left on the court. And so I, I think that clearly, uh, you know, every team has injuries and it's been a war of attrition. I, I think the condensed schedule, the shorter off season, those things are very important to, to these guys. They're not machines, they're human beings. And we're seeing the same uh, level of injuries in, uh, you know, you say I'm a basketball obsessive, but I'm more obsessed with soccer, actually. And they've had a very similar uh, situation with, you know, plus the summer tournaments with their national teams, you know, like the European championship that just ended. A lot of guys getting injured. Uh, and I think uh, it's really been unreasonable, the, the stress that uh, players have been put under. Unreasonable even considering their astronomical salaries. So, you know, Crimea River, injuries happen. And... Uh, the, the teams that won are the teams that won. All right, uh, Michael, I don't know if you heard it. I uh, Before I get back to you, I'm going to follow up with the Chris Paul question. I don't believe the Suns would have been, what I what led this off is I don't believe the Suns would be here uh, if AD had not gone down in round one uh, with the, um, I forget what he had, a leg pull or something. And uh, he was, he, he limped out to the court for the final game, but he was clearly not himself and he didn't play. And Charles, I agree with Barkley. They shouldn't have brought him out at all anyway. Uh, so uh, do you agree with that position that uh, the Suns would not be here if not for the injury to AD? Oh, yeah. I had AD and uh, LeBron all day. You know, I was really sad to see him going down, but, uh, you know, happy to see him at least get just same way I'm rooting root for Chris Paul, you know. Uh, even though Chris Paul is in, uh, a Chicago guy, I was definitely rooting for rooting for AD just because he was from a hometown hero. Well, you know, I was rooting for Chris Paul too uh, because he's old and he was the president of the union and I'm a union guy. And so I was rooting for my show is sponsored by unions, not sponsored by the NBA Players Association. Come on, guys, kick in a little. Uh, but uh, so I was rooting for Chris Paul, but I stopped rooting for because I've really kind of fallen in love with the Bucks. I have to admit, uh, Michael, I, there's Giannis. We're gonna, I'm going to get into Giannis in a little while. Uh, no, I'm going to get into it right now. I've never seen a player like this, Michael. I'll get your reaction to this, and then I know Dan is going to win. I've never seen a player approach the free throw line, a biggest head case as Giannis on two fronts. One, he can't hit free throws, and you could see him just struggling with it. And two, he doesn't care. He That's the second head case. I like the second. Like Ben, uh, ben Simmons of Philadelphia – that Benji Hall told me about long before anybody else was talking about him. I just want to say that man can't hit free throws. He goes to the free throw line. He's a basket case. He's like petrified. He's so scared. He won't even shoot the ball because he's afraid of getting fouled. The beautiful thing about Giannis, Michael, is that he knows he can't shoot free throws. He knows he's a freaking head case and he doesn't care. He's still going. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it actually seemed like when they were counting down in Phoenix, he got better. It, <laughs> it felt, it seemed like he caught his rhythm as they were counting. And so, because he sped up, he sped up his release on the shot. And I was noticing it around, uh, you know, the, the after the second game, I was like, well, he's getting he better on his free throws. <laughs> you know, it was, it was obvious. Uh, so that's one thing. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Giannis fan. I mean, just that injury that he came back from, I just, I felt so bad for them because even though I'm not rooting for the Bucks, I hate to see the opposite team lose because of injury to any player. You know, it's one of the worst things ever that is what worst parts of sports, I should say, is just the, the injuries to anybody, but stuff, especially the, the main players that, you know, the other team doesn't have a chance without, you know, cause it just makes the next round, um, uninteresting. So, um, yeah, I was really, I'm amazed at him um, and just his ability to just bounce back from all of it, right? The the chance from the crowd, the physical pain. I mean, he's a he's a freak for real. I mean, whatever. He's, he's a beast. Uh, so I definitely, again, love to see him do it. But I think Chris Paul, you know, speaking of uh, people being head cases, I wonder sometimes about him and the clutch. You know, there's been he's had some opportunities. Uh, I think it was when he was with the Clippers, was it or what? One of those teams, some team. You know, he's had some great opportunities, and he a lot of times I know it was it was injury that took him out, and so it wasn't necessarily his fault. But it seems to always happen when they really need him, and that was the first thing that I thought of when he fell down with that final turnover. I was like, oh, like I. I hate that I'm not surprised, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I still got I still got sons just because uh, I want them to do it. Benji, your thoughts on uh, Giannis dealing with free throws and Chris Paul? Does he choke? Uh, you're so right about Giannis uh, uh, over uh, mentally overcoming the fear of failure on free throws, and and you know, there's so many guys that stop stop going to the line uh and but i think he's actually part of the thing is that he he puts so much work into everything he does and he used to be a good free throw shooter um it, it, it's a mental block for sure uh that happened and i think it seems like it stemmed from uh the series back when they lost to toronto and Kawhi, and he he, he just all of a sudden couldn't make free throws and it it it, it became a thing but uh, one of the things he finally did, which you know any expert on shooting mechanics said, was he finally sped up his free throw routine. I mean, it was too long. It, it gives you time to think and doubt, right? Make it quicker. It's definitely quicker than 10 seconds now. And since he's done that, he's actually shot pretty well. So kudos for him for making that adjustment. Now, if he could just stop shooting threes, everybody would be a lot happier. I mean, that's the most confounding thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I can't believe a coach would just look at the game every time he does that. Talk about that. Talk. What's with Giannis and the threes? Please explain that to me, Benji. I have no idea. You know, it, it, part of me wonders if the coaching staff is telling him to do it, because why else would he be doing it at this point? I mean, you'd think all his teammates would be like, hey, Giannis, next year, do that. <laughs> all right. Well, it's not now. <laughs> you know, we got the whole offseason for threes. Um, but, uh, I tell you, it's one of the funnest bets I do every game in Milwaukee. Giannis over under threes, 0.5. It's hilarious because it, <laughs> you know he's going to chuck one up, and every now and then one goes in. So it's kind of a funny bet. Um, uh, but yeah, he, uh, and then as far as Chris Paul goes, uh, he's a little guy. He's old and he wears out. And it was so smart to put Drew Holiday on him. And after game one, I don't know what the heck they were thinking game one. It was like they were still like celebrating the last series or something, the coaching staff. But, you know, put Drew Holiday on him. He just makes his life miserable from the moment he gets the ball inbounded 
and he's hounding him the whole game. That wears you out. I think he's exhausted, uh, and he's probably got a bunch of nicks and you know injuries or whatever. But he's he's certainly not 100 percent now. That doesn't mean he can't come out and have a crazy great game again because he certainly can. Um, but I think that's kind of what's going on. I, it'll be really interesting to see in Game Five what is Chris Paul like in the fourth quarter. He may come out strong. He may have a good first half. He may even have a good third quarter. But will he still have his legs in the fourth quarter? I I'm thinking he's not gonna. Benji, but just thinking about the crowd counting down. Can you imagine at bowling? If they oh, had a 10 yeah. second countdown, <laughs> before well, I would embrace bowl. it. You know me, I love, I'm, I'm such a, a ham. So that would go right into my style. But uh, yeah, it would be funny for most people would freak out. But we have the strike pot. It's kind of similar, right? Where everybody's cheering at you or jeering at you. And it's the pressure. Um, it's a yeah. mini version of shooting a, a clutch free throw. <laughs> Many, many, many. So the way yeah, the strike yeah. pot works, Michael, is uh, you draw. Yeah. It's a difference between a thousand, the tens of pot. thousands and millions of viewers versus about twenty. <laughs> yeah, twenty. It's a, it's about twenty. You imagine forty drunk guys in a bowling alley, right? And every everybody watching, if the person whose number is drawn gets yeah. to roll a ball, if he if he hits a strike, he wins the pot. So it could be a hundred bucks in a pot. I don't know, whatever. So yeah. everyone's jeering you. So this is the the bowling equivalent of what Giannis has to put up with in Phoenix. So, so you have fifty we drunks can speak to the pressure that Giannis is going through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, you've uh, rejoined us. Uh, the questions on the table are Giannis and his free throw shooting. Uh, he's a head case because he can't make them, but he's equally a head case in a positive way because it doesn't seem to bother him. Uh, in your opinion, does he take too many threes? And will Chris Paul? crumble on Saturday. Floor is yours, Dan. So the three-pointers, I've been meaning to look this up. There was a period when he was hitting a fair number of threes. Not, you know, anything great by by the standards of the best three-point shooters. But I want to say it was that season when they had the best record and then it was interrupted by the coronavirus and they just weren't the same coming back. I, I really believe that uh, he, he was working on his three a lot in the offseason between that loss to Toronto, was it two seasons ago, and then the, the corona pandemic interrupted season. I think before the pandemic, he was actually shooting some threes. I think the mentality is, you know, that if he could shoot threes too, if he could shoot anything from outside, really, I mean, he'd be really unstoppable. He already had puts up numbers that very, very few players have put up the, the sort of you know, not quite a triple-double a game, but certainly, you know, around 30, 10-plus, 12, you know, and and five, six assists at least. Um, these are the sort of numbers that you never see. And so if he had an outside shot, I mean, he'd, and, and could shoot free throws, he would be unstoppable. Uh, as far as the pressure goes, I mean, I, I think the guy has perspective on his life. He just signed a contract for $225 million. He used to be the son of undocumented, you know, immigrants uh, in a country, you know, an African guy, African roots, uh, and African racially in a white country, uh, in a European country, who was selling CDs on the street. And he was a man with no country because that, that you know, my ancestral homeland doesn't have birthright citizenship just because he was born there. He didn't get a passport until... Uh, he showed that he was a great basketball player and he could play for the national team. So in this context, 
it doesn't seem that anything bothers him. It, he seems uh, very much uh, unflappable on the court, off the court. Uh, he seems a very uh, uh, cool customer that, you know, you see him getting ready for those free throws and he's he's still trying to play with his mechanics before he takes the shot. And and so I don't think that he's he's looking at it as a, as a, um, as a, if he feels that he's a head case, I just think it's just a couple things that he can't do that well. Nobody can do everything well, and I don't think anybody can do all the things that he can do well. Uh, and then Chris Again, Paul, I think that's a really go a great ahead. point. Well, I just want to ahead. make a great no, go point. ahead. Go made ahead. a really great point about uh, Giannis and his uh, mental strength, um, and you know his upbringing coming and maybe playing a part in that because, uh, you know, I think about that a lot, you know, with him being a street vendor and all that. And I can just imagine how, what it feels like to go from that to go to being the MVP of the NBA. And so when you, when he's out there with the ball in his hand, standing at the head behind the arc, right. And his man drops all the way back to the rim, right. Why not shoot the ball? Like, it's like, he's, Every everything his whole entire life is came down to this moment. He's gonna shoot that shot. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is. He probably he probably has to get a few up every game, and I'm sure he I'm sure he hits a lot in practice as well. But uh, yeah, that's a great point, Dan. And if he misses, he'll run down the court the other way and and stuff somebody's shot, or or just you know they'll give up a point, and he'll he just keeps playing the same way. I think, and his demeanor seems. Very similar. You know, they talk about the Giannis mean mug. That's on some, you know, truly spectacular plays. But I don't think he gets too up or too down, depending on where they are in the in the on the scoreboard. Well, I got to disagree with that because he he has had the last two games in the beginning of the game. It's now been reported that, you know, he's got to come out and right away in both games whether to pee or whatever, but he, it, 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 they're saying he's so anxious that uh, he, he, he starts hyperventilating and it actually forces him to piss. So he, uh, he's clearly too amped up in the beginning. Um, and I, that's probably got to drain him a little bit as well. Um, but, and he has in the past at, at clutch situations, especially at the free throw line, uh, had some issues um this year he's he's overcome it at the very end but he hasn't had we haven't seen him yet at the line in a tie game with a minute left you know or something like that i i, I don't want to see that as a bucks fan myself right now yeah I'm i think you make an excellent ball. point yeah i mean he was saying the other day he wants chris middleton to have the ball at the end chris middleton scored eight points in a row when their whole season was on the line their whole championship bid was on the line so i, I see what you're saying too i just i don't think that he's going to get too down on himself but uh yeah I, I don't know what's going on at the beginning he said he's he goes, is this the polite way to say it i had to take a tinkle that was his yeah. post game <laughs> like uh, you know uh i guess he's trying to laugh it off he's certainly trying to play it off will he come out uh you know, and hyperventilate in game five in Phoenix. But, you know, he did have a lot left at the end. I mean, he had enough in reserve to stuff that shot. Um, it was eight, uh, eight and went up uh, off that pass um, from, from Devin Booker. And I want to talk about Devin Booker, too. He makes me feel old because I was a Mizzou student when his dad went to the Elite Eight, mm. uh, Melvin Booker. Does anyone remember him? Yeah. 
I just want to throw – we're talking about Greece and the Bucks. I want to talk about the Mizzou Tigers too. Well, I'll talk about Kentucky because that's where uh, Booker went to college. <laughs> and uh, it, it's kind of ironic that the, the team that beat his crazy great Carl Towns team that was undefeated was Wisconsin. <laughs> he may lose again to a Wisconsin team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, that was, I saw that game with Benji it was Monday night bowling and I was really rooting for Kentucky and I can't stand Wisconsin at this moment right now. Just thinking about it. All right. Uh, let's, before we go to Chris Middleton, let's finish with, uh, keep it with Giannis. I'm going to talk about the black shot. Um, Dan, you're going to set it up. We'll go to Michael and then Benji for your responses. I particularly thought the black shot, uh, on, uh, Aiton was definitely the best defensive play of this playoff. I excitingly sent Dan a text that right after it happened saying it's the greatest block shot, greatest defensive play of all time. Then I thought about LeBron James chasing down, uh, uh, was it Andre Iguodala in uh, yep. 2016 for the block, which, you know, let's, let's get, get to give some shout out to LeBron in that. After the block shot, uh, Skip Bayless sent out a tweet, uh, Dan, what an idiot. Uh, he said it was an overrated of... play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overrated if you want to play. Read the so tweet, that was, a yeah, gist I'll, uh, that's just the gist of it. So, uh, just your thoughts on the shot itself and, uh, Skip Bayless and the role, uh, in journalism these days where journalists say the most ridiculous things they can to get hits on Twitter uh, and still get to be journalists. <laughs> and then we'll go, uh, Michael and Benji, and their thoughts. Go ahead, Dan. Well, the kids call it the hot take, right? I mean, I don't know how young <laughs> you have to be to, to grown up calling it the hot take. Um, it's just the, really, like you said, trying to get a rise out of people and, and judging the um, – uh, sort of uh success of it by by the reply that you get which is against you know journalism is to try to get at the truth and maybe he really believed that but i, I think he's just trying to get a rise out of people in which case uh i'll take the bait he's overrated and so is his brother's food <laughs> throw the brother in one <laughs> He threw the brother in. They don't, I don't. I don't even know if they get along. Poor but, Rick. But but I'm gonna stick it to his family too. You want you want a, you want a hot take? I'll go after your family. This is how we do it. In, ask Giannis. This is how we do it in Southern Europe. Don't bring Giannis's brother into this. The south side of Chicago and the north side. <laughs> My, Michael, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to say that uh, I stopped listening to Skip Bayless a long time ago. So until you just said that, I didn't even know that he had made that comment. It's so ridiculous. It didn't even come up across my radar. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that that play, when I saw that happen, I, I think, I mean, I think, uh, I'm trying to think what the score was at that time. Uh, Phoenix might have even either been up to, I believe. Down to. Or it was a two-point game. Down to, down yeah. to, yeah. It was over at that. Like when that yeah. happened, I was like, it's game. <laughs> you know, there was still some time left on the clock. But once that play happened, it the game was over. Like that that was the nail in the coffin right there. So for him to say that it, it uh, was overrated, it was ridiculous. I would still give LeBron the edge only because he had to come full court. And I mean, 
I could watch that play a million times right now, and I just don't know how he ever made it um, in time. But, uh, like, that play last night was amazing. I watched it a few times this morning. It was a really great play. Well, I'll read you the exact quote from Skip Bayless, giving him way too much time than he deserves. But uh, the, the honest block of Aiton is being completely overrated. It was a lob. You put that in big, bold prints like we're all idiots. Now, oh, now I see your lo- your point. Uh, Giannis had plenty of time to go up and meet. This is so stupid. Giannis had plenty of time to go up and meet Aiton as he was catching the ball at its peak. He almost couldn't help but block it. What an idiot. Plenty of time. It was a freaking split-second turn on a dime. He had been carding the guard. Devin Booker. Booker throws the lob. He has to split second. Michael Malcolm turn on a dime. And but he plenty of time. He makes it seem like they're having a picnic. He's guarding two people at once. It's incredible. He's yeah. guarding two people at once. I was watching that play a, a few times this morning. He was yep. guarding the ball handler, and he jumped and turned and got that ball at his highest point. That was an amazing play. All you got to do is look how high those guys are. When the block happens, they are so high above the rim, and yeah, the, Benny, your point. He's he hit to covering Booker. Spins, jumps, times it. I mean, it's silly. It's just silly. Uh, Skip. Uh, I mean, the advice. He's giving you advice in his own name on what to do with him. <laughs> Good point. I wouldn't have known about it in my defense, except one young Damiolopoulos sent me the t- tweet. And I- <laughs> been venting about it ever since i've been telling people in the street can you believe this yeah then you need help i would uh, i would also uh, like to by say the way andre iguodala helped lebron immensely by double pumping like an idiot instead of just going strong and uh, and and shout out to bam Adebayo's block on jason tatum it was one of the greatest blocks ever in the playoffs oh but my god how can i forget that that win a game that was uh, yeah yes that was last year in the bubble meeting at the it happened yeah at the rim, meeting yeah. him at the rim. Yes. How can I forget that? Uh, well, it was a year ago. And uh, it was a year. I, know, I forgot <laughs> it already. <laughs> uh, but that wasn't a finals game, for what it's worth. No, it that's wasn't fair. A, but whatever. That's fair. It, uh, uh, all right. Uh, my recipe for success for the Bucks is to get the ball to Chris Middleton, get the ball to Chris Middleton, get the ball to Chris Middleton. Uh, he has such a quick release. It's really a, a joy to watch him. I just reminds me that I'm going back. At, oh, wow. Okay. Which part? A joy to watch or a quick release? No, I love Chris Middleton, uh, but I, I don't think they should play through him. Uh, he's too he, he's too hot and cold home in a way. And the key and what what what's the confounding to me about Middleton Andrew Holiday is they both. Uh, shy away from contact they do, they hardly ever draw fouls and you know they're, they're certainly not into the histrionic chris paul mode um which is good for a viewer because i hate that but uh <laughs> but it's bad yeah. it's bad for a fan of the bucks because they're going to the line a lot less than they probably should because just the way they play their style i think the key to the bucks winning is to pound it in down low to Giannis and brooke lopez over and over and over again uh, while Brooke is in the game, they should utilize him down low way more. And Giannis, I, I would just go to Giannis over and over. I think Giannis needs to score 40 points for this in this game for them to win. If they're relying on a big Middleton game, they're in deep trouble. Michael Malcolm, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that as well. You know, um, I, I think that if the for the Bucks, if I was looking at it for the from the Bucks perspective, yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's helped them in the last couple of games. 
having uh, Middleton with the ball down the stretch. But, uh, you know, the Suns have coaches as well. And at the end of the day, things are different when, as we've seen, the things are a little bit different when they're playing away. So um, I would think that the uh, that the coaches for the Suns would make a make some type of adjustments so that they can figure out a way whether it's trapping Middleton because because again they're more than willing to give Giannis a wide open three you know so I don't know what they do to get that ball out of Middleton's hand but and, you know going down the stretch but um, I wouldn't rely on him just like Ben said um, he's a little flaky he's too hot and cold some days he's really really off. And, um, you know, again, their last, if he does go to seven, two games are going to be at home. I mean, I'm sorry, two, day, two games are going to be away. Well, that's why I predicted Phoenix would win on Saturday. Uh, Dan, your thoughts? Yeah, and what got them here over the course of the whole season is, you know, Giannis in the paint. And uh, in terms of who's going to help him, it might be Holiday. It might be Middleton uh, on certain days we've seen. Uh, you can even – do more than than Giannis on, on certain days like the other day. And by the way, he did draw a foul, although I agree uh, with Ben that, um, you know, he, he needed to uh, to do that more often. But I, I think the game set match moment of the of game four, even as great as the block was and as much as it was not overrated, uh, I think it wasn't Middleton right after that who had a three-point play where he, he scored a bucket, went to the hoop. So he's both a good shooter, and I think, you know, with his size, he should be going to the hoop more, drawing more fouls. That three-point play, I think, definitely clinched it uh, when we look back. Um, those two moments for me back-to-back, uh, yeah, I think I was able to sleep unlike Ben, but I did find it, yeah, it was exhilarating. I mean, this is, uh, this is a great NBA Finals. It took me back to my uh, youth with watching the Bulls, you know, and Giannis is – has put up some performances uh, that that 20 points in the third quarter, first time since Jordan that someone's done that in the finals. So I think he's put to bed this whole idea that he he doesn't show up in the finals. But, you know, Twitterverse and, and the hot takes and the Skip Baylesses of the world uh, will get rich um, going up and down from, from idolizing him to crapping all over him and everyone else. And I, I just think it's exaggerated. They're, they're people, not just for, because of their feelings, but they can't perform the same way all the time. Some are more consistent than others, but let's just remember these these guys. I mean, for all for all they get paid, they're still people, man. Well, that's <laughs> all mean, the more reason you got to go to Giannis because they can't stop him. They, there's no one on their team that can stop him. And if he gets eight into any kind of foul trouble, it's game over. Like Phoenix is then cooked and they need eight in there. Uh, even if they get anyone in foul trouble. I, I have to completely disagree with you, Benji. It was not the first time. This sounds like a one-night bowling uh, discussion in between bowling. Uh, I completely disagree with you, but I got to go bowl now. I'll tell you when I'm done bowling. <laughs> um, they, the Bucks don't win the other night if Chris Middleton doesn't hit those shots in the fourth quarter. Let's be honest. They put that wall up around Giannis. He can't get the ball. And he goes out and gets the ball. He's throwing up stupid threes. And so you need Chris Middleton to open it up. Go ahead. But, you know, it's because they, they switched their offense, Benny. They, they, they were focusing on getting Middleton going, and Giannis was doing his stand around the three-point line trying to be point guard Giannis. <laughs> when they do that, they're not good. When he's flashing down low and they throw it to him in the paint, he's deadly. 
But when he's a point guard, you just play 10 feet off him. And, and now there's, there's the paint is clogged and you can't really do much. So I think that was a failure of Milwaukee coaching. Uh, and they, and, and Chris Middleton bailed them out. They, I'm saying if they're relying on Chris Middleton bailing them out this game, they're going to lose. I would actually go another way and another route and say that, uh, I think it was the refs that bailed the Bucks out <laughs> because they call uh, out of bounds. Was it the seventh foul of Devin Booker that you're upset about? Or? Well, yeah. I, mean, I think they, that sixth one, they knew they had blew it so bad yeah. and had him out. You're right. At first it was a turnover that wasn't off of him. And then they came right down and called a foul on him. <laughs> that wasn't a foul. And it was one of those things where it just, he, he uh, speaking, you know, we, we've given uh, Giannis a lot of shout outs for his mental strength. Shout out to Devin Booker for having a bounce back game. He was having an amazing, he was having yeah. a great game minus the fouls. He was having a great game. He looked like he was into it. He was so, and he could, he, you could tell he could feel it because when they took him out the game, he wasn't even sitting. He was just standing up, just yeah. pissed on the, on the, on the sideline. Yeah. yeah, kicking things. He was, he knew he was, he was in his mode and the refs called him, got him out the game. If Devin Booker was in that game, they would have won. Uh, I, Michael, you're probably right. Uh, it would, because he was on fire, they couldn't stop. I'll tell you, this is one of my pet peeves. I don't know if Benji's ever heard me rant and rail about this at Monday Night Bowling. One of my pet peeves is when a player uses a foul to stop a breakaway. Oh, it's crazy. And I'm like, give the two points up. The two points is less valuable than that foul. And one of the fouls that Devin Booker had, you can't blame on the refs, was he grabbed somebody to keep him from, I'm like, why? I always get mad. Why are you doing that? And then invariably, if you follow it, all of a sudden they'll go, oh, that guy's got five fouls now. Yeah, because he gave, gave a stupid foul. Right. That and this is the other thing, Michael Malcolm, uh, that all the guys in the bowling alley know I'm insane on. When point guards don't just pick up the ball and dribble it, this thing where they let the ball bounce down the court because oh, yeah. they don't want to. Look, Benji knows what I'm – yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm hoping someday that someone steals the ball with that thing. Yeah. yeah. It's happened before in the past. I've seen it. I'm actually a fan of that. I, I get the logic behind that. But, no, the fifth – I mean, the fouls to stop the free uh, – the breakaways, no, those are ridiculous. And that seems to be a newer thing. I, I know they're doing it more in the playoffs. I know, you know, no easy baskets in the, in the, in the NBA playoffs. But um, it seems to be more of a thing now that they're even doing during the regular season. I wish they would stop. That's, that's, they got to change. The you know what's even that. when teams are like want the clock, want to use up clock, they're doing the same thing. I've seen it like like Chris Paul doesn't pick up the ball. Chris, you want to chew up clock? Why are you not picking? <laughs> Whatever. All right, uh, we'll close. Maybe with it was a little Cliff bit. Paul. Oh, Cliff Paul, yes. Um. The brother. Uh, so we'll close by uh, seeing if I – I'll ask you if you think I'm being unfair and irrational. Uh, of all the players on the court that I dislike the most, number one is Pat Connaughton, who plays for the Bucks, because he went to Notre Dame. Uh, I have biases. Benji has a lot of biases when it comes to college. He, if, if it's guys from Kentucky, he loves the guy beyond belief. So am I unfair, Dan Mialopoulos, to hold a bias against uh, Pat Connaughton because he goes to Notre Dame and Notre Dame's beaten my beloved Northwestern so many times? Go ahead. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, I mean, 
we're, you know, for a lot of people, I don't buy into the whole, you know, Rudy aura, the you know, touchdown <laughs> Jesus. I was never into it, but I'm not going to hold it against them either. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say that. I mean, I, in certain milieus in this country, people are like, oh, you know, going to Notre Dame is, is the peak. I mean, I think the other day, Lindsey Graham said that Notre Dame is one of the greatest universities in the country uh, because they're allowing Chick-fil-A to go there uh, over the, the feelings of some students. I just, you know, is it one of the greatest universities in the country? No. Is it, is it all they, they crack it up to be? No. But it, it, am I going to pick on Pat Connaughton for going from, uh, you know, his Boston Irish upbringing to, to play for Notre Dame? That's their dream, right? Well, he clearly couldn't get into Duke because he was a natural Dukey all day long. Um, but, you know, I have the same attitude about Dukey, by the way, just so you know, Dan, well, course, okay? Yeah. I can't stand but, Duke players. <laughs> You have you have the same attitude about a lot of things. <laughs> I love it. Is I love it. Let's be honest. No, and I'm an NIU Husky, so I don't like any of them. <laughs> Who's the last NIU Husky to be in the NBA? I can't think of one right now. There must the be one in the NBA right now. I just can't. Football. Who are the hated rivals of the NIU Huskies? Do they have a rival that's that's really hated? Uh, uh, natural. Natural rivalry? No, I don't know. Who was that coach? The coach um, who went to Minnesota in football, and he was at Michigan, uh, one of the Michigan teams, and he turned that Michigan team around. They beat Northern Illinois in football. I blank it on his It'll come to me after we're done taping the show. It's a football. It's a Michigan team. They're their big rivals. All right. Uh, so we'll close one more time. You've had chance to change your predictions. I'm going to write them down. And then Tuesday, I'm going to hold you to it to promote the show. I'm going to go on my regular show and say who is right and who is wrong. So, Benji, who will win Saturday's game? Oh, it's uh, Bucks 108, 102-98. Is, I'm, I'm going under. I'm going Milwaukee. Uh, they're going to win in six, too, as well. And I think Giannis, uh, a great bet. Giannis over 33 and a half, I believe, is his point line. Um, I, I don't see how he doesn't get more than that. All right. I, I wrote them all down. I'm going to probably go bet uh, in Vegas based on what Benji said. Uh, Michael Malcolm, your predictions. I got Suns in seven. I got them winning uh, this game tomorrow, uh, 105. 102. Whoa, a close game, not a blowout. No, wow. it's not going to be a blowout. And do you think uh, the, the over-under, uh, Giannis will be over or under his average of 33? Oh, he'll be over, for sure. Yeah, Giannis has been playing amazing. I don't I don't see, uh, but I don't, I don't know if he can uh, keep up with the 40-point uh, games and Middleton have the amazing games and Devin Booker and Chris Paul both not having great games. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of a lot would have to happen. I'm with you. Dan? Uh, I think Buxton six. Giannis will get the MVP by uh scoring more than what was it, you know, thirty-four plus points. Uh and um yeah, I, I think uh how much do they win by uh tomorrow? Uh I think their offense will click for the first time in a way that it really hasn't. Uh everybody clicking uh, simultaneously. Um, and so despite the fact that they're getting ground down, I think three days off is okay. And uh, he's gaining strength from that injury. Seems 100%. I would say that the Bucks put up uh, 
See, 115-105. Okay. Uh, and, and you guys... It's a team to- that averaged 120 points all season. But, you know, it's not February and <laughs> regular season. You're not playing the Bulls. <laughs> February at the United States. Yeah, had to say that. Uh, the Suns will win to make it 3-2. The Bucks will win in Milwaukee to tie it up 3-3. Ladies and gentlemen, you go to Vegas with this. Uh, Chris Chris Paul will be so tired with one day off, he won't be able to do it in Game 7. The world will be stunned. The Milwaukee Bucks will go to Phoenix and win to win the championship. Take it to Vegas, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> and Benji's like, forget. That's why you always lose. I love it. Gambling. Uh <laughs> All right, you're Benji, like Michael, a Tarantino movie. Yeah, it's a, uh, and uh, just to let everybody know, we're going to do a, uh, an NBA draft show. Benji will definitely be there. The guy knows this is the draft like no one I know. Uh, and we'll be doing a draft game. That'll probably be our next basketball one. I want to thank Benji, Michael, We could quickly Dan. just thank do the Bulls much. draft right now, Ben. Oh, that's right. They ha, ha, ha. They have no first-round <laughs> pick. Uh, Benji will be playing at Zany's later tonight with his jokes. Uh, <laughs> he's got a million of them, ladies and gentlemen. Bulls trade their draft choice for Vukovic, and he sucks. And, oh, God, my life is miserable. Anyway, thank you, Benji. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Dan. I'm Ben Drafsky. Take care, everybody. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader